With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the Battle of the Baddest podcast, episode 10. I'm Gareth Davis, and I'm out here in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia for the event. Well, we had the grand arrivals on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we had the workouts. I caught up with Joe Tessatore back at his hotel, the commentator, of course, for ESPN on this week's show. And also, I had dinner with Mike Tyson, and I sat down with Dewey Cooper, the man who's been training Francis Ngannou in Las Vegas. And get this, Mike Tyson, told me that if he fought Tyson Fury in his prime, he'd stay on his chest and let his hands go through the body and upwards. Who would have won that fight? Let me know on this week's Battle of the Baddest. All that and more coming up. Well, we're here in Riyadh with Giuseppe Tessatore, <laughs> known in America as Joe Tessator. Isn't that something, Gareth? It's funny. <laughs> we just had dinner together, and the fact that we both trace our bloodlines back to just outside of Naples, Italy. Um, but yeah, Joe Tessator, as they would say in America. But uh, They've bastardized yeah, you. The, correct, correct. That's what yeah. they've done the, with the, your the beautiful... son of an Italian immigrant, when you say that. So it's good to be with you here in a Riyadh season. Well, I know that you've watched the Battle of the Baddest podcast, and... and you know, you are doing blow by blow of Fury versus Ngannou and the other five heavyweight fights and McGann versus Duran Jr. Uh, on Saturday night for ESPN in America. You can see there in the background. Joe, obviously, um, an esteemed broadcaster in many sports and a, a, person, a sports personality as well in America. Joe, I mean, I mean we were we were masticating if I can say that <laughs> I, um, while we ate our food we masticated over the 
the fight when the bell goes between Fury and Naganu on Saturday night, and, um, and Naganu is a mixed martial artist. Yes. Fury is a brilliant boxer, very unusual, a freak in lots of ways. Um, without going to how you see your pick, first of sure. all, um, you're here in Riyadh. You've been at massive events. How does it compare for you at the moment as an event? Well, I'm just getting my feet underneath me, but already you can feel that this is a ultra global event. And I think we need to stress the word event. I think this is a spectacle. I think it's okay to sit there and say, we understand there's not a heavyweight championship on the line, but that doesn't mean that this isn't a historic heavyweight event. It very much is. We've had banal, insipid heavyweight championship fights over the course of the last 20 years. I would rather have a global spectacle where the entire world's attention is focused in on the heavyweight champion of the world than sit back and have another meaningless title defense. Um, to those who sit there and critique it, would you prefer to not see the heavyweight champion of the world participate in our sport in any form? Just have him on the bench? I want to see fighters fight. Um, so I'm all in. I'm also all in on the event of it. And I think that's very important. You know, because I straddle so many different roles in my career from entertainment to American football to then being a hardcore boxing guy, I, I do hear a lot from the casuals or the mainstream sports fans or even just somebody who wants to be entertained. And over the course of recent weeks, I have heard everything from, ooh, I saw a video of that Nganu guy he looks dangerous. What a body on him. To those citing the hardest puncher in the world. It doesn't matter that it's boxing or the hardest puncher in the world. To my son, who's one of these finance guys in Midtown Manhattan saying, Dad, you should see the promotional banners on top of every cab. You should see what's going on on Fifth Avenue right now as the scroll is advertising a watch party. Among the finance crowd, among the casual sports fans in America, among the MMA crowd, Nobody in that crowd is doubting Nganu at all. They understand he's up against it, but they're sitting back excited to see what happens on Saturday. One of the things that is clearly happening is um, this is a precursor to bigger things. Correct. Um, Saudi Arabia is investing in heavyweight boxing. Are they ever? <laughs> yeah. And um, Bob Arum said it. You know him very yes. well. Bob Arum spoke to me in the week and said... Um, you know, I'm going out and buying heavyweights right now. Yeah, it's, it's, and he's he, put a good stable together. Yeah, Arslan yeah. Bekmatmudov's on yes. this card. Jalilov is one guy he's right. got invested in. Jared Anderson. And that's really the guy. Jared yeah. Anderson's Is he? Guy. Yeah, Jared Anderson. Why is he not guy. on this card then? Yeah, well, listen, that's a Jared Anderson in top rank uh, decision. I mean, I know he's fighting it, every yeah. six weeks at Correct. the moment. You know, but. Um, and there have been opportunities. I know there was even an opportunity when Tyson fought at Wembley. Um, most recently, where Jared could have been on the card. There was a minor injury that kept him off the card. But I would love to see Jared get some of the shine in these mega events. But as somebody who's covered Jared from his you know pro debut forward, um, athletically, amateur pedigree, skill set, size, speed, power, he has every single tool on the tool belt. Um, and, and I was blown away by um, his defensive prowess last time out his commitment to the jab last time out. We've always known he's a right-hand puncher. Um, he's young in a division where you can take your time. All right, then. Okay, you say that. Let's say Fury beats Ngannou. Fury beats Alexander Usyk. 
Fury beats Anthony Joshua. Well, then the Alexander um, Usyk rematch. And then, all right, maybe the Alexander Usyk rematch. Right. And we're late 2025, early you 2026. Yeah. yeah, early 2026. Fury says, you know, I want another one. Can Jared Anderson beat him? Um, obviously, former sparring partners. Um, we have to see how Jared is battle tested at that point. I don't believe there is a big man walking the face of the earth and breathing who can beat Tyson Fury until something alters who Tyson Fury is. And whether that's age or injury, those would be the only factors that could do that. Jared will be the heavyweight champion of the world, in my estimation. But I have always thought that that screenplay plays out with a final act of the Tyson Fury, AJ, Deontay Wilder, Usyk, Ruiz era going to bed. So I'm here at the Fighter Workouts. Fabio Wardley is here. And right here is David Adelaide. They are within a few feet of each other. Yeah, look, there we go. Go on, flex them again. Flex them again. How does this feel? Yeah, it's good, you know, I'm so proud of the atmosphere, you know, you've got Carlos Tackham in the ring right now. This is the venue where we're going to fight. You know, it's good to just soak it up and see what's going on. See all around us here. It's an amazing venue, isn't it? Are you looking forward to fighting here on Saturday night? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's going to be such an experience. I'm just soaking it up now. Enjoying it right now. So in the ring now, friend of Pat of the Pat, Battle of the Badders podcast, of course, Moza Tauma, showing his speed here. Look at this. This is what you can do when you're 18 and you're a giant heavyweight. He'll have a few nerves here, but he is so looking forward to this. Moses was sitting next to me on the plane on the flight over here, slept all the way. He's going to have the time of his life, this kid, in the next two or three years. 18 years old, unbeaten as a young heavyweight. He will look back on this event as very, very special in both his life and his boxing career. Here he is, Rico Moses Itaumba. I met your dad tonight. My way. What do you think? Oh, well, I'd like to ask him a question, which was... He looks like a prince, doesn't he? He looks like a very cool, wise guy. Oh, he is, he is. Um, and I said to him, when your son was running out of school to spar with Joe Joyce when he was 15, did you know? He said, of course I didn't know. He never told me. Uh, what would Dad have said if he, he told me he'd been sparring with Joe Joyce at 15? He would have said, finish it up. <laughs> That's what he says all the time. After all my fights here, he just goes, finish it up, finish it up. Don't waste time. We sat opposite each other on the plane on the way here. I read books, you slept. Um, what does it feel like to be out here? Is it exciting seeing the arena tonight? Um, yeah, of course it is. Uh, all week I've just been thinking about, I just want to get in the ring, so 100% I'm excited. When I pan over there, and here's the arena for Saturday night, what do you feel about being in here? It's nothing new, I've, I've boxed in front of yeah, yeah, I'll have you there. I've boxed, boxed in front of crowds, no crowds, a lot of crowds. I've boxed in all over the world, in, in Bulgaria, um, Spain, 
Romania, England. It's just another. It's just another country to the roster. When you say it's just another country, though, they're talking about it's this big. being the country uh, that where the heavyweight boxing is going to be for the next uh, few it's years. Gonna be, it's going to be. It's going to be 100%. But my time will come. Can you picture yourself? Just stay with me for a moment. Can you picture yourself fighting for a world title out here? I've got a picture. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, of course. Rico Atalma, do not miss the rise of this man. workouts for the battle of the baddest fury versus nganu we saw nganu go through his paces uh, with dewey cooper his trainer but also that he is clearly looking in great shape can he get inside on fury can he get advantages in those early rounds he looks very very fit very determined as he said himself this is a win-win for him He's a victor in life, he's a winner in life because of what he's gone through, this rags to riches story. But when Tyson Fury stepped into the ring, take a good look at him here, he is clearly not looking to mess around in the ring, not looking to waste time. You can see that he wants to snap out fast hands, fast jab, go through the guard of Francis Ngannou, who has to use rough man science in this fight, as we've heard earlier in the series of battle of the baddest. Clearly, Fury has got one eye on December the 23rd, not in reality in the ring because he's have all his focus on Francis Ngannou, but he will clearly not want to get cut, to get injured. He won't want to get paid for overtime. You don't get paid for overtime in boxing, remember. He will want to get the job done and get out of there fully intact if he's going to fight Alexander Usyk for the undisputed title back here in eight weeks time it's all to play for on saturday night it will be a incredible night with two arenas in use of course but we've been here in this arena watching tyson fury going through his moves and also of course francis and garnu and all the other undercard fighters all these great heavyweights young heavyweights that you've seen with me today So we've had the workouts tonight and there's a sense that Tyson Fury is looking for speed and power. I don't think he's going to mess around in the ring. We saw it tonight. Um, 
showing his skill set and I think he's going to go in there and try and open up Francis Ngannou really quickly. I think, given the magnitude of the fight with Alexander Usyk, I think he wants to get this fight done. He wants to come out unscathed. He wants to come out with no damage, no cuts, no bruises, and just do a number on Francis Ngannou. There's a real sense of that. They are pushing ahead here with that fight on December the 23rd. The undisputed heavyweight title. I can only say that from what I'm hearing and feeling about this event. They are so serious about driving it. It's emerging from Fury's camp that he wants this fight, that he wants to be busy. This is just the precursor on Saturday night to going in against Alexander Usyk, who we believe is coming here. Will they announce it in the ring? We've seen great things today. Some of the other heavyweights look fantastic. Wardley and Adelaide are primed. Moses Taumer is enjoying his moment. Arslan Bekmakmudov is a giant Russian fighter, as we saw earlier. There's an enormous feel about this event. There's an enormous feel about the way they're building everything. I'm going to be at the press conference tomorrow and then obviously at the weigh-ins on Friday. Stay tuned for the Battle of the Baddest podcast. It's late, late, late in Riyadh. The wind, Riyadh, is strong here. Riyadh, I think I said it correctly. It's a beautiful place at this time of night, you know. It's had a little shisha pipe. Um, don't miss the next episode of Battle of the Baddest. There's so much going down here. Mike Tyson's arrived. Um, you'll see the picture of him there. Um, this is a very big, very special event. I think Joe Tessitore's analysis leans towards the fact that he feels that this will be a long fight. I don't think it will be. I, I thought it would go four or five rounds originally, but I've got the feeling it might not even go three rounds. I'm going into the night. Dewey Cooper, you've spent a lot of time with Francis Ngannou in the build-up to this fight, training him, getting him ready for a boxing match. You've been in boxing all your life, yeah, boy to man. Um, what have you made, first of all, of the, the, the naysayers, the critics who say that Francis has got no chance at all? Have you got, had to get into him mentally as well as physically and as well as technically? Well, actually, not too much because... Francis has already overachieved. His life has always been hard. He's always been doubted. He's always been underestimated. Um, he's always been around non-believers. And he's at this point. Many boxers who, who, who are in the top 10 would love to have this opportunity. Francis Ngannou has this opportunity. And my philosophy on life is that we don't get anywhere by luck. We get there because we belong there. Francis belongs in this fight and he's gonna show in two more days. I mean, you're not gonna give away the game plan, but um, part of what he has is power. We know when we're involved in boxing that technically a lot of power comes through the feet, not that the, the hands, yeah. through the, through the, the movement. Legs. Through the legs, legs. posterior chain. Exactly, all that posterior chain, exactly. Yeah. So, um, have you been able, we haven't seen you that visible. Mike Tyson's been in the forefront with that, showing his, that, that amazing, twisting that he can do to throw his power when he was um, um, fighting. Did um, did Francis pick all that kind of stuff up? Has he 
picked up the rotation and all of those kind of things? Well, we definitely improved in those areas. Um, the power will be increased. Um, yeah. But just his his all-around fight ability, his all-around boxing ability has been increased because we weren't only boxing. This entire time, we've done mixed martial arts type training, boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, ground defense, wall defense, these things. This is the first camp we've had uh, 14 weeks of strictly boxing, so he'll be improved in every aspect. Do you think, given his narrative, the narrative arc of his life, this extraordinary rags to riches story, um, being an inspiration for the children of Cameroon, his mother and his sister, his youngest sister told me yesterday that there's, there's all over Africa, indeed, indeed, across the continent, that there is, there could be fate involved here that he might cause the greatest upset in, in heavyweight boxing history. Whatever adjective you guys choose to use, fate, um, determination, luck, whatever term karma. Karma. Yeah. The one I, I I prefer to use is karma. Yeah. Whatever word we prefer, as long as it happens, um, I really feel that karmically and through his upbringing, digging that dirt in the sands of Cameroon, giving that God-given power, strength, mm -hmm. and mental fortitude not to be denied, will all show and catapult us to victory. Francis Ngannou, I feel, is going to win this fight, regardless of what other people feel, because we're in the gym with him. We see the work. We see the sparring. We see the improvement, the vast improvement on a weekly basis. Right, on the other side then, you know you're boxing. What do you see in Fury? And what are the things that you can exploit in the Gypsy King? First of all, in Tyson Fury, I see the best boxer, the best heavyweight boxer of this era. What do you beaten, Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson versus uh, Tyson Fury in their prime. I take Mike Tyson for one reason. He can match the footwork. He can cut the ring off and stay inside on Fury. That's what that's what Mike told. I was with din at dinner with Mike last night. That's exactly what he said. He said I'd stay on his chest and, the whole and, time. And yeah. the overhand right plus the body shots and, and the uppercuts. Up. That's why yeah. the body shots and yeah, working yeah, it yeah, up yeah. Would, would be Fury's demise. Fury is is a new school, a new age Muhammad Ali. Same style, great footwork, groovy, swaggy, confidence, cocky, but he has his hands out of position a lot. He throws that back fist jab a lot. There are openings, maybe not his head, but the head is not the only opening in boxing. And body punches like Joe Frazier, like Mike Tyson, would definitely give that style trouble. We've seen this story again and again, and it was always competitive fights when you get that brawler style, that good brawler style versus that good boxer style. Um, this fight will be a little different because Francis is not truly the Tyson style, mm. but we took some bonuses and some points from, from Mike Tyson that we will utilize in this fight. And it's gonna be a great fight and a great night. What's your prediction for the way the fight goes in terms of, of the shape of the fight? Do you I think th it will be a slow start and it will warm up or is Francis gonna swarm him? Is I know I, I can't ask you for the yeah, game yes, plan. I mean, I can't tell you that. But, but um, most people think the longer the fight goes, the worse it'll be for us. I feel the longer the fight goes, the stronger 
will get. So I feel the exact opposite of what all the experts, including yourself, think, sir. I'm not uh, an expert. I'm just know, a pundit. Uh, I, I, I take the word expert as a compliment. Okay, but, 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 but people are entitled to their own yeah. opinions. Some people say we have a chance 10 minutes or less. I said it gets a better chance of victory after 10 minutes. Fascinating. We'll see. Any coach in the world, when they have a fighter they're preparing, mm -hmm. they prepare him to go to duration of whatever's demanded. The demands are 30 minutes, a 10-round fight. Our fighter, Francis the Predator and Gunner, is ready to go 30 minutes if need be. Um, and finally, overarching all of this, the umbrella of this, it's been an enormous fight week, an enormous event. I'm sure you've been aware for a long time the amount of investment from the Saudi Arabian um, government and from the GEA Riyadh season and His Excellency Turkey Al Sheikh into this event. Um, talk to me about what, almost like a new era for heavyweight fighting this with these guys investing in it. Yes, first of all, gargantuan amount of uh, finance and and, and uh, exposure and and fiasco, festivity, extravaganza, whatever word you want to choose, this is incredible. People can't even absorb what's going on here in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, unless they're witnessing it. This is huge. So, obviously, the resources were put in in abundance. Um, in saying that, we have an all-heavyweight car with some of the best heavyweights in the world fighting on mm, it. Mm. Um, big shots to Carlos Takum. Uh, we expected that upset over Bacoli also. Um, <laughs> it's great what... What, You've got what, future stars, Moses Atama, yes, 18 years yes, old. You've yes, seen him. Yes, yeah, I've seen him. You 18 know, years talent. old. But Fast Southpaw. But, but yeah. it's exceptional yeah. what Your Excellency is doing, what Turkey and, and, and the royals of here in Saudi Arabia are doing. It's unmatched, man. This is the next mecca of boxing. This will be the new Las Vegas of entertainment and the fight sports. Well, that's it for episode 10 of the Battle of the Baddest podcast. Naganu's here, Fury's here, this great undercard is here, five other heavyweight fights, and of course, Jack McGann against Roberto Duran Jr. You've been watching the Battle of the Baddest podcast. I'll be back later in the week for lots of news, views, and interviews. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.